Welcome to the Happy Tans Podcast, where you will learn everything you need to know about running a successful sunless tanning business. We will interview some of the industry's top business owners to find out how they took a passion and turned it into a prosperous business. And here's your host, Grant Conscious. Hello and welcome to the Happy Tans Podcast. On today's episode, we have Nicole Hyatt from Ten on the Run in Toronto, Canada. How are you doing today, Nicole? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you so much for, for joining us on today's episode. As I told you, you're the second person uh, from Canada. We had Lauren Bidlock earlier on the podcast, so thank you for joining us. Amazing. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So if you want to, I'll kind of open the floor for you to introduce yourself and, and tell everybody who you are and, and what you do the, up there in, in Toronto. Sure. So uh, my name is Nicole Hyatt. Um, I started my business in Toronto in 2006. I started it in as an individual just doing mobile spray tans. Um, I had a lot of people inquiring and uh, looking into getting training and kind of working with my brand, which then led me into franchising. Um, so to date, now uh, I franchise and have locations across Canada. Yeah, very, that's very interesting, and the model was great. Actually, um, for the listeners, I actually reached out to Nicole. I remembered talking to her way back, probably 2012 when I worked at Sholey. I don't remember how I found her, probably just uh, on Google, really, and I thought the model she had was interesting back then, and I just remembered and, and kind of uh, internet stalked her. Sorry, Nicole. And I reached out to her and said, hey, look, this is what I'm doing now. I'd love to have you on and, and for you to share your story because I think you get a touch on both sides from owning your own business to franchising because I've heard some people have interest in that. And not only that, but you've seen a lot of people come through that obviously really wanted to get into the business. And then you've seen you know, where people fall short, why they fall short, and how they can correct that. So I really appreciate you joining us and sharing all that knowledge with us. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So at fir- first off, I want to talk a little bit about the, the entrepreneurial side of things and, and operating your own business. And obviously for you, you've probably been through a lot of things over the past 11 years in this industry. And from tra- transitioning to a new business format was probably you know some growing pains and things for you. So I'd like to touch on both sides of the uh, the the entrepreneurial roller coaster, as I like to call it, from from the low end to the high end, and the good times to the bad times. So, if you want to touch on uh, first off, what your worst uh, entrepreneurial moment uh, to date was, and then on the flip side of that, you can you know give us something on the on the bright side and tell us what the best moment you've had so far in your business is. Well, that's a very far uh, in between um, spectrum. Uh, <laughs> One of the worst things I'd have to say happening um, was receiving about 100 gallons of bad solution at one time. <laughs> um, so, you know, you, you rely on other people and businesses to make sure your business goes runs properly as well, too. So I actually was in China at the time and received 100 gallons of solution, started having them shipped out to all the franchisees to then... Um, come home to 40 people telling me that uh, there was something wrong with the product. (laughs) So trying to track back that and correct all that was probably one of the biggest nightmares, I would say, that that I've had so far. Yeah, Um, I bet it was. And for them, they're probably like sitting there with no product, right? Yeah, so it's a matter of, you know, correcting it through them, them correcting it through customers, us correcting it through customers. We we did get it all fixed, but... um, on top of it being a, a stressful event, it was also right in the middle of busy season. This is probably about five years ago, so right in the middle of busy season. Of course. Um, which makes it even worse. Yeah. <laughs> and 
Most definitely. Most definitely. Well, that, that sounds uh, uncomfortable, a little painful. Oh, but uh, I guess I'm assuming you have something on the on the bright side to to flip that and tell us a good thing that's happened. Yeah, it it happened for the best. I've been using the same manufacturer for years, and um, it just kind of happened at the right time. And I was able to connect with a better manufacturer and get everything um, back on track, and even way better than it was prior. So it, so some good did come out of it. Okay, so you took that bad time where the, there was a bad product and you actually made you push you out to uh, find a new manufacturer that's better for you. Exactly. I was with the same person, you know, for, uh, gosh, almost probably about seven years. Um, and if it wasn't broken, I never never fixed it. So when that happened, it made me go get out there and see that there was new and better out there now. So, yeah. Yeah, That well, that's a way to turn... Uh, Turn a negative into a positive without you know. There's always some some good on the other side of that. So that's yeah. good that you that's good that you're able to to get through that. Um, now this would be, you know, the next question I'd like to ask is kind of related to you. So when you st- when you started off, obviously you were operating your own business before you got into the franchise side of things. So for for you to um, go back to that time, maybe in 2006, do do you remember how you got your first paying customer back then? Probably before Facebook or anything was very popular. Actually, it was Craigslist. Wow. <laughs> um, so it was Craigslist. Um, and I got my very first customer. I was super excited about it. And we're mobile, so we drive to the client. And um, I got to her, and she didn't show up for her own appointment. So <laughs> <laughs> that was my first experience. I went home, was a little bit frustrated. You know, um, you build yourself up to it, you get to it, and then that happens. And, uh, the one after that, same thing, Craigslist, and then after that, everything kind of just flowed nicely, but it was a little discouraging for it to be the first one. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I'd be interested to know how you kind of handled that situation. Obviously, it's just one person, but like you said, not only is it like a build-up to get to a client anyway, but for it to be your first first person that you go to and, oh, you know, you, you could easily just take that and say, well, this is how it's going to be for everyone and just, you know, basically get your head down but how like how did you handle that situation to make sure that you didn't get down I mean was it like your your vision of what was to come that you knew was something good was out there yeah I figured it can't it can't be um it hopefully would not be like that it, I found it really odd that someone wasn't at their own home yeah. which is even <laughs> worse understandable if they're coming to me uh, but it just made me go back and you know post more ads and try harder and uh it, it worked yeah, yeah, that's, I mean, that's that's why you have to look at things for sure. And just kind of curious, since you have a bunch of franchisees under you, um, and this is kind of off off the cuff, but do you, for scheduling then, do, how do you handle that to make sure, do you guys take deposits and things like that, obviously, to make sure that this doesn't happen? Because I get this, I see this a lot of times, and people are asking, what do you do, what do you do? People are canceling last minute and so on, and so, or no-shows. So how do you handle that? Yeah, see... I, I do have it on the website that we will charge forty dollars if it's within four hours of the cancellation. Um, same same day changes twenty dollars. Um, we don't often charge them. Um, I'm I'm kind of about if people respect you know your time or not. So generally, if someone offers to correct their mistake and it's their first time, I you know say don't worry about it and and move on to the next time. Um, what bothers me is when people do it, you know, an hour before you're 10 and you have the day scheduled and they don't offer anything and think it's no big deal, uh, especially when you're going mobile because you've planned your day around it. Um, 
you know, the girls are paid to go out and do their tan, so, or could have arranged babysitters, or, you know, you just spend your whole day around it, so it is, it is super, you know, disrespectful of people's times, but, but you get it, I think it comes with the beauty industry, or with any business for that matter, even the dentist, right? Absolutely. We probably all canceled the dentist appointment before, so. Mm, Yeah. So I get it both sides, I think, you know, if it happens once or twice, I can get over it, but uh, if it's a continuous thing, um, then then you have to charge. Um, yeah. And taking credit card deposits turns people off a little bit for a tan. I know when I, you know, book my nail appointment or something like that, I don't have to prepay or give my credit card. So kind of want to keep it in the same streamline as that. Sure. Yeah. And I, and I think everybody kind of, kind of customizes that to how it works for them because you just, like you said, the mobiles and some people are in, you know, LA and these big cities. I'm sure, sure Toronto isn't, um, it's probably busy too, but sometimes people are dedicating, you know, 30, 45 minutes one way to get somewhere. And it's just, yeah. um, it's interesting to see how everyone handles it and, you know, what they do. And, and probably a lot of people don't put the, they might put cancellation notice on their website or whatnot, but it might be better to kind of expand on that a little bit just so people understand like, Hey, you know, more or less like we're, we, we respect your time. So please respect ours, you know, in a nice way, obviously, but that could be helpful. <laughs> yes, exactly. To actually send it out to each client. Yeah. When yeah well, I'm sure you've seen uh, a variety of different things in, in 11 years and with all your franchisees. So, oh, um, yeah. yeah uh, so, um, Obviously, for you, this question is going to be vastly different from anyone I've interviewed so far. But how has how has it changed for you? Um, you know, as far as daily and weekly, as far as things you're doing within the business. When you were in, back in 2006, obviously you just had to worry about yourself. Now you have uh, your your the products, uh, the distributors, the franchisees, and things like that. So how has your daily and weekly schedule changed? Oh, it's insane now. <laughs> um, so when I first started, it it was slow motion. Um, in 2006, spray tanning wasn't um, well taken. A lot of orange products were out there. Um, a lot of different, the spray booths were common then, so a lot of people have a bad taste in their mouth from that. So I found it was a lot of, you know, fighting to get people to try the product even because they had such a bad opinion of it to begin with without even trying it. Um, so that was a little bit of a slow start. On top of that, there was no such thing really as mobile beauty businesses when I started. So that was a very new concept as well. Um, so people were, you know, at odds or, you know, wondering if people are going to let me into their home or is that safe? Is it, are you comfortable doing this? Um, so a lot of people didn't think it would work to be honest because, uh, because of that. So, um, so those were the initial challenges. I guess now the challenges over the years, 11 years later, you, you get competition and um, you, you have to keep up with everything and kind of just keep going. And you have to always be new and fresh and innovative with everything. So if you stay the same as you were 11 years ago, then someone's going to surpass you for sure. Yeah, most definitely. I, <laughs> that's definitely true. Yeah, once you stop learning and, and you start definitely falling behind. So... Uh, and a couple of questions off of that, what you said, how did you, so obviously you were kind of early to the game, so how did you handle that, not only educating people on the, the mobile business, but also obviously the products and, hey, this isn't the orange stuff you're used to, you're not going to look like, you know, Chester the Cheeto or whatever his name is. How did you handle those, how did you handle that situation and, and kind of market against that and, and get in front of people to actually, and people to actually bring you in and let you uh 
or, or to try it. Really hitting the ground. I needed people to I put it on people for free, um, continuously, never gave up, always, uh, you know, you try one thing, they might say, no, go back again, and, and maybe they'll change their mind next time. <laughs> so you have to just stay persistent with everything, and um, eventually people come around. And then also having the product on yourself is a big thing, too. So if someone sees you and, and they think you look good, they're going to, you know, ask ask about your tan if you're orange then they're not gonna they're likely not gonna call you right yeah uh, yeah that's interesting i mean with the free tans do you have any idea how many free tans you gave away when you first started out i'm just curious um quite a bit yeah quite a bit yeah Yeah. I'm yeah, a, I wouldn't be able to tell you about quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, I didn't expect you to have an exact number. I'm just more or less curious because I think that's a big thing that people miss out on. And I'll, I just always try to think outside the box for things and for the free tan thing and, and getting in front of people. If people have a negative, you know, relation in their mind between tanning and, and what it's going to look like, I mean, giving out a free tan, I think people oftentimes overlook that. And I get, like, charge what you're worth and your your time's valuable. I get all that, but... As far as what the lifetime value of one client could be, you know, it's definitely worth it for me to give a free tan. If they're going to come once a month for a year, you know, their lifetime value is already in the hundreds of dollars per year, you know. So, yeah, yeah. I think you have to have a long term mindset for sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, and for you, I'm not even sure if you'll remember. You said Craigslist was the first way you got a customer. But do you, if you had to pinpoint one thing that you've done uh, extremely well over the years. It's actually helped grow your business. Um, and this, I guess, pre-franchise, when you actually grew your, your personal business, what what would you say that that one thing was? Networking, to be honest, because I was in a city where I, I'm not from Toronto. I'm actually from Thunder Bay, so I didn't really know anybody here. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of people, they, they think that because they have a lot of friends, that's what's going to grow their business. But it's not really, it's not friends. They want their tans for free. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's people you don't know that's going to grow your business. So you really have to get out there and network and uh, open your mind to different types of groups of people to network with because all, all different shapes, sizes, um, demographics, tan. It's not just one demographic. So you really have to just get out there in every community and get yourself known. Yeah, I was going to ask. And so when you network, is it like, professionally networking obviously like you said it's not friends but is it networking with um you know people that might be in the beauty industry but not direct competition or was this just any kind of you know networking opportunity you could figure find out absolutely anything if you're sitting in a in a restaurant and you're having dinner and the waitress looks tasty hand her a card yeah (laughs) literally um yeah literally every everybody tans almost you know there's there's not a lot of different groups that don't tend for sure. the situation you're in. Um, and then in this business, you have to be friendly and outgoing because of the type of business you're in. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the more talking to people, the better. Yeah, I agree with that. It sounds like you were a hustler, and that's what it takes, really. <laughs> it really yeah. it really sure. takes that. And I feel, like, I feel like for people, like you said, it's a personality thing, and it's like you have to make sure that you're welcoming to someone because of the vulnerable situation that they're in to be nearly nude in front of them. So it's kind of like that. It's kind of like bedside manner for a doctor. Like you have to feel comfortable around that person and want to do it and just make sure that, you know, take a step back and look at how you're approaching your potential customers just to make sure that you're uh, giving off that vibe of, yeah, this person, you know, I could be comfortable around this person. 
Yes, exactly. If they don't like you, they're not calling you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, uh, Nicole, for you, um, since you actually, I'm sure you, you obviously bring in some product for your franchisees. I'm assuming you do the same for equipment. So do you mind sharing what type of equipment you use and the solution, I'm assuming, maybe under the, the business name? Yeah, so we have our own brand of solution. Um, it's called Oso, um, Oso and Oso Organic. Um, that's our own brand. I felt it was important to have as a franchise to not have the same product as everybody else. Um, so without mentioning names of other brands, there is uh, one that's very well known um, that kind of has really taken over the market a lot as far as um, individual spray tanning business goes. So you can kind of get it on every corner um, every spray tanner offers it. So I wanted to kind of stay away from that. So people had to come to Tan on the Run to get that specialty tan. I didn't sure. want them to go to every corner to get it. So um, over the years, I tried multiple different kinds of solutions and, and ended up working with manufacturers and kind of finding what I liked and didn't like about each product and making getting my own creative from that point. Definitely. Um, yeah, I would see that. It's probably a good branding opportunity for you, too, with the whole tan on the run. Yeah, and then we don't sell um, solution to anyone else. I get asked daily if people can buy our solution, but that I, I feel that waters down the market. So, um, yeah, so I don't sell to anyone okay. other than the franchise. Yeah, I was going to ask that. that. That's a good way to keep it kind of um, closed off there. That's a, definitely a good, good, uh, good way to do it. Yeah, and, and then the, the equipment as well, too. So um, I have my own manufacturer for HBLP equipment, um, and same thing. We wanted to keep it where it's something um, something that uh, I know that works for my my people and something that just that they get and we're not sharing with everybody. Yeah, that's, that's very cool. And if you don't mind, I, I'd like to maybe talk about the franchise side of things a little bit. If you're kind of open to that, I, I'd like to hear a few things. Obviously, it's it's cool to hear the... The setup you have, and it sounds like you're handling everything for them. Um, and we kind of we kind of talked before we started recording, so I, I know the basics. But so for you, if I'm a potential franchisee, can you tell me, like, if you're spiel to me, what would that look like? Like, hey, I'm interested in this. What do you have to offer me? Yeah, well, we provide um, the the products, the equipment, the marketing, the training. Um, and our training is a lot more intense. I know a lot of people get online training and it's two or three hours or um, whatnot, but we provide very intense training in all those different categories as far as the hands-on, the marketing, the um, customer service, the products. So absolutely everything, um, plus a lot of ongoing support too, which I think is important as well too. Um, as I, I kind of had the option where I was going from being just an individual spray tanner to a franchisor. Um, my two um, ways, I guess you could say, that I was going to take was either being the franchisor or being the person that sells it to a bunch of different salons. Um, I chose to go the franchisor way because I feel like you have a lot more control of your brand that way. Um, as well, uh, you know, when you're just selling equipment, people don't have as much invested into it. so. People buy the equipment, they buy the solution. The solution could be amazing, but if they don't apply it properly, the tan's not going to look good. Right. And if you, you know, if you've sold, let's say, 700 kits of uh, product in machines, you can't quality control all those people. So um, eventually, you know, there's going to be not good tans within that group or not good, good um, technicians within that group, and you're going to have a lot higher numbers of that when you're 
just kind of selling to anybody. So that's what made me uh, narrow it down to the franchising. Yeah, that's a, it's, it seems like a great setup. And so basically somebody's stepping into a, a ready-to-go business after they've gone through the training and obviously invested some, a little bit of financially and also some time into that. So Yeah, and, and um, also I've built the business for years and years and years prior to that. So we're well-branded in Canada. Um, you get a lot that goes with it. All the girls share everything they've done. So you're getting not only just what I've done, but what 40 girls have done for their business, their input, ideas, all that kind of stuff. And everyone stays really close-knit and uh, communicates with each other, helps each other out. So there's a lot of, especially in southern Ontario, we have a lot of, um, technicians. So those girls all help each other out if they're out of town. They cover for each other. So it's a really good uh, network of, of people for sure. Yeah. And how does, so for for me, if I was a franchisee, how does that, do we pay like a yearly fee? Is it like a per tan fee? How does that, how's that set up? If you can share that information, obviously if you can. Um, we put a, a set monthly fee. Okay. Okay. Um, so something over my years, I know what I'm, what, what people would be comfortable with paying. So you never want to charge people, overcharge people for the fees because they're not going to be able to stay in business. So I kept it um, where I know it's affordable and easy to track. People can set their monthly budget. Uh, you don't have to worry about knowing exactly every 10 that someone does. So people are a lot more open to what they're making or the events they're doing or, um, you know, what they do in their business. They're a lot more likely to share it if it's not going on percentage. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. That's a good setup there for for somebody, um, and and I like the fact that you focus on the training aspect of it. I think that's um, overlooked, and the market, at least for the in the U.S., I know it's different for products and training in the U.S. versus Canada, just from people I've, I've talked to. But the market for training in the United States is a little saturated with people that have kind of started up and feel that it's that time, and they can actually train. Yeah. So, and I don't think it's a bad thing. Obviously, I I, I wholeheartedly believe in the invest learn teach method of of anything but i think it it kind of um it's difficult because there's no set standard for anything so people can kind of call themselves a trainer and do that and while you can teach somebody you know in two to three hours the basics of how to spray it's not it's not enough to get them comfortable to go out and succeed and then secondly they're not even a lot of people are overlooking the business side of things i feel like and that is equally if not more important to me because if you can't get the business rolling then you're you know you're pretty much setting these people up for failure more or less some of those trainers are just taking these people's money for the one day and then that's it like what else is offered so i like to hear that i like to hear your support in the community and what you're establishing there it sounds like it's setting them up for success and not just setting them up to teach them for one day (laughs) Right, and a lot of it's knowledge that you need years of experience to have, right? So if you've been spray tanning for um, one year or even two years, it's not enough to, um, you know, you can, again, teach someone the technique of the spray tan, but um, there's a lot more that goes along with it. And I get asked that question all the time, well, what's the difference between going with you or just buying a kit online? And I said, well, that's exactly what it sounds like. You can buy a kit online and that'll be that. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah. No more help towards that. You don't have a brand behind you. Um, you know, with us, we put you up on the website. You're up and running. And once, as soon as you're on that website, you will start getting phone calls. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, doing it yourself, you have to make your own logo, make your own website. Start. You have to start from scratch. So sure. um, it's a lot more time consuming and may sound cheaper at the moment, but... 
it's not cheap to create all of that on your own as well too to you know create your brand create your business cards do everything from scratch like sure. that ends up costing a lot more than just buying the machine and the solution to start with right right and it's I mean, it is the franchise model, so it's essentially like me opening a Subway, you know, sub shop or opening my own Grant sub, you know, sub shop. It's like nobody knows what that is. They're not going to go there. They're going to go to the Subway right next door. So it's like uh, completely it's the exact same. So that's that's very good. Um, and not only that, but you have the, you know, 11 years and thousands and thousands of tans of experience and different body types and so on and so forth. So Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Well, I don't know. Um, was I guess for you to see, you've seen a lot of people come through there, and I don't know if you can share how many uh, franchisees you have right now. Obviously, we can probably see on your website to get a general idea, but you've obviously had a lot of people you've uh, come in contact with. You've had a lot of people that have come through, and you have probably have a lot of people that have been successful and then some that have been unsuccessful. If you had to kind of differentiate a successful person versus somebody that is didn't end up being successful, even going through everything, um, and obviously, that it's it's nothing to do with the program or anything like that. More or less, it's probably to do with the individual. But do you see an underlying like difference between that? And if so, what is that? Yeah, I feel like it's um, running a business isn't for everybody, uh, and that's where a lot of people get confused. They think by handing machines, spray paint people, I'm going to make lots of money. But nobody understands that it's a business, and it has to be treated like a business. And there's going to be highs and lows, and Sometimes you're going to work all day and get nothing out of it, and other times you're going to go to work and make more money than you could have ever imagined, and every day is just different, um, and uh, not everybody is built for that. And I just don't think everybody's a business person. Um, there is school for business, but again, I don't think that, that that's the answer either. I think you either have to have it in you or you don't. Um, I always get asked, how much money can I make? That's one of the first questions, and sure. it's really it's unlimited. <laughs> You know, there's, there's, wherever you are, there's thousands of people, there's tanning salons, people tan, so it, it really is, can be unlimited. Um, it's just a matter of what they put into it. People, you have to put in six to eight hours a day of your business, whether it's tanning, marketing, um, researching, whatever it is. You can't just sit there and think that the phone's going to ring and you don't have to do anything for it. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. It is, it's an interesting conversation and one we see a lot, like, are entrepreneurs born, or can they be created and you know i see both sides of it i i you know it's it's interesting to hear what people have to say and what they think differently i think some people are born 100 percent. you know they're out there with the lemonade stand and selling candy in school whatever okay that that you know those people are probably born but i also think you can learn or can have something that happens in your life that kind of sets you on that path um i know for me i was not i was just like the average i'm gonna go work for 50 years and retire kind of thing um, before I got into the tanning industry and then seeing, you know, these opportunities and then obviously the Internet has kind of exploded opportunities for me because I'm in the web business. But um, it's interesting to see the difference between that. And I agree with you. The fact that uh, the first question people want to know is how much money can they make? And I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. It can be unlimited and, and there's ample opportunity for anyone that gets into the industry. It's all about who's going to who's going to fight harder and go after it. And the, the six to eight hours you put in on most days, you know, and some days it's it's even longer. And I'm sure you've been through plenty of 20-plus-hour days <laughs> during Probably these years. The daily thing. <laughs> yeah. Six to eight is like the minimum. Yeah, right. Yeah, and, I'm, and I, I tell my wife, and, and she, she thinks it's funny, sometimes I'll work like eight hours and I feel guilty if I stop not working because, you know, as, as somebody that owns your own business, that anytime you're not working, you're falling behind. So... 
Right. It's an interesting feeling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It also makes for an interesting work-life balance, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Well, I don't want to talk about that too much. I was more or less interested because I see a lot of people get really excited. And and we talked about this before we started recording. They get so excited. They really want to get into the business. They love tanning people. But the the, the business side of thing isn't for everyone. And you really have to be able to take a punch, you know, to the gut, so to speak, obviously, hypothetically, and be able to come through that. And, And owning your own business, I feel like, and I'm sure that you can agree, is, is like, okay, how do you handle the next thing and how do you continue to get back up? Um, you know, as long as you can look up, you can get up and keep going. So it's, it's a mindset thing, I think, is, is half the battle. Yeah, I actually was on um, Dragon's Den, which is equivalent to your guys' Shark Tank. Oh, awesome. Um, yeah, and that, I was on it three times. And my first one was in 2009 when it wasn't a really, really popular show. Uh, still a lot of people watched it, but I went on and I got told that my idea was, uh, he actually said dog poo. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and to quit this and do something better. And that was on national TV, so um, I felt like I probably could have cried right there on the spot, but I ended up just, you know, sticking up for myself and, and going harder after that. And, and that's what it is. You have to just keep keep sticking with things. Yeah, well, that sounds like something Mr. Wonderful would say on the Shark Tank, <laughs> the American version. It was him. That was him because he used to do Dragon's and uh, Dragon's Den here, so it was actually him that said it. Oh, was me. it? <laughs> yeah. I just yeah. said that because he made one. I was just watching one the other day, and he made a guy cry. I mean, he made him cry because the guy was so passionate. He's like, this is the stupidest thing in the world. And the guy was like, this literally saved, you know, changed my health habits and all this kind of stuff. So, wow, Mr. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah, it was him. <laughs> I'm going to have to look that up on YouTube and see if I can find you now. Yeah, it's on there for sure. It's on Netflix, I think, too. So, so you've been on three times you've been on there? Yeah. For the same business? Well, yeah. The first time um, was just I went and auditioned and went on it. Um, the second time they called me back for a second chance show, um, which they ended up giving me the deal, but I ended up not taking it later on. Um, and then the third time was just a couple of years ago. It was just a, kind of an update um, showing all the franchisees and, and what was going on now. Oh, cool. Yeah, I know. I was, um, I've heard a conversation with somebody that was on there before, and I don't think his was on Shark Tank. I don't think he got accepted either, or his idea got shot down, but I don't remember him saying that he couldn't say much, so I don't want to ask too much. I don't know what you can say in regards to the details of everything, but it's it's cool to hear that you were actually on there. So I'm just curious, when you went on there for the pitch, what did you want the investment for infrastructure or for product or just the whole setup? Are you allowed to share that? I wanted to help in the franchising, the franchising part of things because I knew the business, I knew what I wanted for everything, but it's it's hard to actually execute if you have no um, experience with franchising. Sure. So that was kind of more what I was looking for. The money, obviously, every money's always good. Um, but then the knowledge that they can bring with the franchising end of things. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting to see the way the Sharks handle it. They'll, they'll definitely jump at something that's already up and running and making money. But if anything's a real investment in their time, they're a little hesitant. That's because that's so valuable for them. <laughs> oh, right. And this was in 2009. So, again, spray tanning still wasn't as popular. And the fact of a mobile business also wasn't very popular at the time. So that was kind of... Those yeah. were his issues with investing. Yeah. Investable at the time for, for those reasons. Yeah. So. Well, well, I applaud you because it's a, it's a long... You know, it's a long time, the 11 years. And you came through, obviously, 2006 through, you know 
through now, it's it's grown exponentially. But to have the insight and knowledge and and go after it back then was, um, you know, that's definitely inspiring. So definitely kudos to you for all that. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Um, just to wrap up a couple of things. So when you started 2006, um, did you go through any training and certification yourself? I know that you offer it now for your uh, franchisees, but back then, was there even any available? No, not really, to be honest. <laughs> trial and error. Um, trial and error in every aspect of it, again, because it was even mobile spray tanning was non-existent in, in Canada anyways. There was no such thing of it. So um, working out all the the ups and downs of that right from the beginning so um yeah so it was uh yeah right from the start it was it was challenging yeah and did you did did the mobile idea come from the united states or something or is it something you kind of just saw in another industry how did that come about no actually i went to the tanning salon and um airbrushing itself was new to canada because we had the machines and then there was i think one place that actually offered um airbrushing where a technician was doing it and I had a baby at the time he was about six months old and I went to get it done and I didn't have anyone to watch him <laughs> so uh. that's kind of what made me think of it even was uh was that right there was that I, I wish someone could just come to my house to do it scratch your I, own itch yeah <laughs> yeah exactly and then I realized that the machine was small enough I'm like oh my god I could just bring this with me yeah yeah that came from it's interesting how many businesses especially on shark tank and that was start from a scratch your own itch like how can i solve my own problem yeah other people yeah. have this problem too <laughs> yeah exactly yeah awesome well nicole i don't want to keep you too much longer but i do want to finish with this one question um and this is a good way to kind of look back and see how things have changed and how you made it from you know 2006 to uh, an industry that barely even existed to bring that into from a concept into a business and now franchise it out. If you had to write a letter to yourself um, now, back to when you were there in 2006, what would you say to yourself? Uh, you finally made it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, kind of just that. I, I would never have expected this way back then. It's, but tanning has brought me to a lot of places, to Egypt, to Africa, to... Wow. Um, Trinidad, kind of all over the world with tanning, so I would just, uh, never would have thought it would have made it this far. That's for sure. Yeah, and if you had to, if you had to give yourself back in 2006 advice on what is to come and like just the grand scheme of things, what would you say to yourself in, in that regard? I just that I made the right choices. I actually quit university. Um, I was taking psychology, so it was a hard decision to quit that and start spray painting people, but. Mm -hmm. um, it was it was a good decision, although nobody thought it was back then. <laughs> yeah, I know you have to kind of have that vision, and and it, you know, it's definitely a vision thing. You have to have that, <laughs> know what you're going after, for yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. For sure. Well, Nicole, I, I appreciate you coming on. You're the first person um, that had the the whole franchise setup that we've had on. So I just wanted to share that. I wanted you to be able to share the knowledge of. Obviously, you've seen a number of people come in and what's been successful, what hasn't. So thank you so much for sharing the uh, information and insight and knowledge. And if anybody has any questions for you, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? Um, email. Okay. And just um, tanontherun.com? Uh, Nikki at tanontherun.com. Okay. So N-I-K-K-I Perfect. And I'll drop that in the show notes for anybody that needs it. Um, Nicole, well, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, thank you so much for, for sharing all that information. And, and again, I'm very 
um, humbled by you and, and inspired by everything you've done in, in the industry. And I look forward to seeing how much more you can create. Thank you so much. All righty. Take care. Okay. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, Happy Tanners. Thank you so much for joining us on episode 18 of the Happy Tans podcast with Nicole Hyatt from Tan on the Run in Toronto, Canada. She shared some wonderful insights and information and a bit different perspective into the industry. As she mentioned there, she started back in 2006 before there was even a mobile tanning industry in Canada, kind of scratching her own itch by bringing the mobile tanning to you. So she not only went against the grain, so to speak, she she left uh, the university where she was getting a psychology degree to pursue this this uh, passion that she had. And not only has she gone and grown from there, but now she has over 40 franchisees working under her in her own business where she helps them get trained, get started, and run and operate their business. Now, she really touched on the training side of things and how they really prepare all their business owners to to own and operate their own business. Not only that, but also on the tanning side of things with the actual technique. So I thought that was interesting to hear not only how in-depth the training was, but also the focus on the business side of things. I think a lot of times that's often overlooked. A lot of people are focusing on the next best product, how to do this, how to how to contour and all these things, but they don't actually have clients coming in the door. So make sure that you take a step back and you also focus on the business as well. That's definitely half, if not more, of the battle. You can, have, you can be a great spray tan artist, but if you don't have customers coming in the door, then you're not going to be able to run the business the way you want to. So Nicole shared some wonderful information and insights into her business and and how it's grown over the past 11 years. Nicole, thank you so much for coming on today's episode and sharing all that information. It was extremely valuable to all the listeners and all the listeners out there. Make sure that you have your goals out in front of you and you're always chasing those goals. Do not let little things deter you and get you down. Nicole could have easily have stopped tanning after the first appointment didn't show. She could have easily shut down her franchise when over 100 gallons of solution was sent out to her franchisees and it was bad, but she did not let any of that deter her. She, in fact, turned that in from uh, from something that could have been bad and negative into something good. She found a new manufacturer in one case and in the other case, she said, you know what? This isn't how it usually happens. This business is going to work for me even though this person didn't show for a very first appointment. So never let things get you down. Always look up, know that things are going to happen in your business, but they're just challenges to make sure to get you through and you can do it and you can run your own business successfully. Happy Tanners, thank you so much for joining us on the episode. As always, come over to find us at happytans.com. If you have any questions, you can reach out to me, grant at happytans.com. We'll see you soon.